Hi, it's Lou. I've started a Patreon membership thingy. If you would like to support this podcast financially, perhaps you could swap out the cost of a coffee each month or even a glass of wine. It will help me to recoup my setup costs and potentially spread my wings to other advocacy ventures, a dream I've had for some time now. Please follow the links in the show notes or on the Facebook group. Thank you so much. I would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay my respect to Elders, both past, present and future, and to welcome you to this new episode for podcast Square Peg Round Hole. Welcome to Square Peg Round Hole, the podcast where we discuss diversity and how to embrace our neurodivergent kids at home, at school and in the workplace. I am your host, Lou Cushell, and today is very exciting because it's my first ever uh, episode and I'm going to be interviewing my husband, Ash. We've decided to call this episode The Light Bulb. Um, He came up with the name and there will be more to come on that further along. So welcome, Ash. Thanks, Lou. This is really exciting. I can't believe we're actually doing this. And it's, um, I'm just so um, proud of you, I've got to say, for, um, for actually starting this podcast. It's been, uh, you've helped so many people for so long um, and individual cases and helped uh, parents and helped kids. And, and now to use this medium to get to a greater audience is, uh, is just fantastic. So one, I'm really proud of you. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for saying that. And I think actually there's a good point in that as well, in, in you saying that I've been trying to help or trying to um, mentor, maybe you would say, um, people one-on-one over the years. Um, you know, p- just basically because I've got lots of contacts and lots I've learnt a lot of, inf- you know, information about the legalities around advocating for neurodivergent kids because that's what we've had to do for our little guy. Um, And doing it one-on-one is a bit of a false economy. So um, I think that's a very good point you make there. So moving on to our – I have some icebreaker questions to ease the nerves of this whole whole thing. Um, And I've got three questions for you. The first one is – when this pandemic is over, Ash, and we can travel again, where do you want to go and why? Yeah, it's a really good question. I must say, having spent most of my life on a plane, it seems, for work, um, I actually really do miss it now we haven't been able to travel. So, look, um, I think the answer to that would be I'd love to go back to Europe and see all our friends from when we lived in the UK. I'd love to reacquaint and see them again and and also one of our favorite places I guess is the Amalfi Coast uh, in Italy and I would love 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 to go back there and cruise around those roads on a Vespa or a Ferrari or something. Yep I'd go back there with you and actually um, our son our little both our kids loved that as well didn't they? Yeah yeah beautiful beautiful place. Yeah oh well that's fantastic thank you and my second question I mean, I've, I put this question in because it's something that um, you often hear people talking about, especially around ADHD and talking to kids about trying to help them 
focus their superpower, which is a bit of a cringe thing at times, but I thought it kind of applies to this for that reason. So my question is, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. And and also our little guy, I guess, always is on about superpowers. And that's true. He has su- his, superheroes and He things. has a thing about Marvel and all <laughs> he that, does, doesn't he? he yeah. does. So, look, I, I've, ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to fly like a bird. And I don't know if it's a superpower, but, you know, for me, just to be soaring up above uh, the world uh, would just be amazing. So I'd have to say flying. Do you have those flying dreams? All yes, the time? I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be something in that. Yeah, something <laughs> some, weird. some weird psycho thing. Um, okay, and then so my final question for you, Ash, is now sort of moving into the territory where we're going to start talking about the meaty stuff. So what is your connection, Ash, to the square peg round hole concept? Well, uh, I guess being married to you um, <laughs> has, uh, has definitely led me down this path. But I think what are you our, <laughs> uh, our little guy um, has definitely been a, a square peg at times. And, you know, we've tried to fit him into that round hole. And I guess, um, you know, we've learnt over time, as, as I guess we'll talk about today, that um, one, it's not possible and nor should we be trying. Exactly. It's the whole concept of the fixing them. And that's going to be a theme for absolutely everything we ever talk about on this podcast. We're not fixing the pegs, we're fixing the environment. Mm. Okay, um, so let's go back, Ash. Let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) How far do you want to go? Let's go back to when our son's name is Liam. And um, I'll just say, I guess, up front that we have spoken to him. He knows we're doing this podcast. He's okay for us to use his real name and and in fact he's actually been on t advocate on tv advocate sorry lost my words <laughs> edit that bit out um yeah he's actually been quite good at advocating for himself and even had an appearance on tv last year didn't he yeah, on the project he was amazing and training videos and all sorts of things yeah, for education right. department yeah. his, his little gun in front of the the tv yeah he's very good actually at articulating things very clearly so He's in full support of all of this and actually I'm hoping he might even come on and we can talk to him as well at some stage. But um, So his name is Liam and we're going to go back now to the time when he was born, Ash. And what I want to hear from you is your perspective as a dad because mm. I think there's a, we don't often hear from dads and um, I think you've got a very unique perspective of what happened for you with your light bulb moment mm. so take us back it's been an incredible journey hasn't it like it's yes. um <laughs> and i if you could describe it and it does sound a bit cliche but it's uh, it's been a, a real journey of growth for me and uh you know it, it's interesting how you talk about fixing and you mm. know I, I guess um like like many of us and you know mums and dads that will be listening to this podcast you know we've some of us have held um, positions of you know upper management or whatever and you you're kind of charged with fixing everything and making things right and um, you always feel you can and I think that's one of those innate things in a father as well it's kind of like you can do that and um, you know quickly realized no not quickly took me a long time (laughs) to realize that I couldn't really fix this and nor should I be trying mm. to. Um, but, yeah, if you go back, you know, when even when he was a tiny little boy and he'd come into our bed in the morning, he'd wake up at 5 o'clock or something and 
climb in and uh, we're always good at taking the kids back to bed, I guess, and not letting them sleep with us, but it was morning. And you think, okay, come on and climb in. And he would scream and cry. And you just go, come on, it's okay you're being here, but don't sort of ruin our Sunday morning. We had Um, no clue why. Why? You've just woken up. You've had a whole night of sleep. You should be happy. Everyone else's kids seem to wake up happy, right? (laughs) Except us. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And it, yeah. look, it's it's interesting too, I guess. Um, you know where Liam comes into the picture, the chronological picture. You know, I I've got two kids, as I know you know, Lou, but the listeners won't um, from a previous marriage, and they're older. And and I I must say they're um, they were two of the easiest kids ever. And our um, our oldest boy, um, Matt, he was very, very easy to, to live with and Absolutely. incredibly, yeah. um, incredibly easy in that way. And, and so, you know, one, I wasn't shy about going back and having a second family, um, uh, because of the first two. And then Matt was so easy. And, and I remember you saying this kid thing is a walk in the park because Matt used yeah. to eat and sleep and do everything perfectly. Um, and um, and I said to you, let's not jinx ourselves. And and little Liam came along, and we just love him to death. But he was the most challenging one. Absolutely. I mean, do you remember that night? You will remember this, because we talk about these trigger moments, I guess, a lot um, in in reflection. Um, do you remember that night when you I was texting you, get home, get home. <laughs> You were out with a work colleague, your boss or someone, important probably, and I was like, get home, get home, and you finally got home and I had him there just crying. I was rocking him, doing everything you possibly can, and I said to you, why did we do this? Do you remember? I sure do. And you were were so good though. You were always so positive as you are, and and I was just like, what have we done here? What's going (laughs) on? And, And that's an awful thing to say, but that is what it drives you to when you're really feeling so traumatized and confused and Mm. and worried and actually that is a question I have for you Ash what sort of things used to really worry you and you were on your own as his dad Mm. what sort of things really worried you about him um look I I think I I was trying to understand his behavior and I, I couldn't understand it and I you know I naturally went to the area that he was being naughty and you know, there's no reason for it. He's he, he's healthy. His weight's good. He's we feed him well. He's um, yeah. you know he, he doesn't seem to be uh, at all unhealthy in any particular way. And this has just got to be a behavioural thing. And we couldn't understand it because we were doing everything we did with Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about the one, two, three magic? Yeah. And all those things we used to do, you know, timeouts yeah. and yeah. things putting him under the I, I used to we'll put him in the naughty corner, all those things that we oh, did. We both did. Calling I think. him a brat, you know, yeah. let's be honest. We did we yeah. did all of those things and there are people out there now doing that out of sheer desperation mm. and that's what the message I want to get across is we've all been there, we've all done these things that we now feel really guilty about and we have to live with but... You don't have to be, it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, I know you're going to talk about your light bulb moments, but Mm. in fact, it's the opposite. Yeah, I think, um, and again, for your listeners that don't really know us, um, 
you know, we were fortunate enough to move to Europe and live in um, London for a number of years. And uh, it was, uh, you know, through work and it was it was obviously a, a stressful scenario as well, dragging the family uh, mm. over overseas. And there's all the, the anxiety that goes along with that and new roles and new places to live. And, you know, I think um, that in itself was, was very stressful for the boys. And uh, and you're right, though, you know, when everyone's anxious and going through this change, uh, yeah, we went through the naughty corner. And, you know, we um, the thing is, he was in the naughty corner more than he was out of the naughty corner half the time. And, and I think for, for us, um, it was just like Groundhog Day. Every single morning there seemed to be no... Yes muscle memory to the discussion and the discipline of the morning before and um you know i guess with his adhd he was he was very impulsive and you're just thinking why isn't he actually learning that this isn't a cool thing to do and yeah it wasn't a good day yesterday so why do you want to go there again and i think um you know those were the things as a as a dad again thinking that you've got to be able to fix this. Um, it can't be that hard. You know, we're adults. We know what we're doing. Um, we've raised, you know, some kids before. What, um, why, why can't we fix this? And so for me, that was, that was the hardest thing as a, as a father. And I'm, I know for you as a mother. Absolutely. And you just, you just said something then about that, that you hear teachers saying or parents um, telling us that teachers are saying to them, um, various therapists and, and and people dealing with it with our kids that the, you you're questioning them why do you want to go there again well actually they don't want to go there again and we know this now from reading beyond behaviors and ross green's books um which of course i will always have links to those and be talking about those because they're part of my light bulb time they don't want to go there. They know what they need to do. They just can't do it. And us expecting them to do it and disciplining them until they do it is not respectful of their neurology and what's going on in their brain and what, how their brain is wired differently. But we know that now, right? <laughs> Look, it, it's, uh, it took us a while to get there and I still remember that time in London when we just said to each other, you know, this yep. isn't working. And um, Well, you said it to me. And you used to text me, I'd be saying to you, he's doing this now and he's doing this now, texting you, you mm. poor thing at work. <laughs> and you'd be texting me back, Lou, just hug him. I, I wish I'd kept those text messages. Yeah. Lou, just hug him, just pick him up and hold him. And now we know he's very sensory and that was meeting that need as well. But we didn't know any of that at that time. I didn't no. know what sensory processing was at all. Well, we just realised, I think, that you know clearly this groundhog day was there and and our approach wasn't working and we'd given it a really red hot go at trying to be disciplining this behavior and um you know it it just we i thought i mean it's a definition of insanity right is to actually you know keep doing the same thing and expect a different outcome yes. well so we just went you know what this isn't actually helping him let's just show unconditional love let's just hold him make him feel secure, make him feel loved. Yep. And lo and behold, it started to change. Yep, absolutely it did. It was like it, that. It, that's why it's the light bulb, okay? There's the light bulb. It definitely changed and he definitely started to improve. And, I mean, just moving forward in time now a bit, um, 
he was lucky when he was at school in the UK. He was always in small classes because of the kind of schools we were at um, and he was always um, given that support from us at home. So I guess he, you know, was a bit of a luck, I guess. It was luck that he... Um, was able to get through that far before he received his first diagnosis of ADHD. But moving forward to school back here in Australia where we thought we were coming home to everything being wonderful and soon realised that that's not the case. Mm. I mean, in this podcast we're going to talk a lot more about the Australian education system, but we will just say that we've had our experience there as well, haven't we? So maybe you can talk a bit about the time when you were really at home caring a lot for him when he was at his worst in terms of his distress and trauma he was experiencing at school due to his sensory mm. needs not being met. Yeah, that was a really interesting time. And you, you talked about that light bulb moment, um, you know, in the UK. And I think there's no doubt about it, that was a defining time. Um, and then, as you say, coming home um, again to a massive change, coming from a little private um, small school in the UK back to yeah. a massive public um, primary school fantastic school but you know like talk about a a shift for him and then um, I was uh, it's funny how things happen for a reason right and I was made redundant from my job and um, you know as things things happen so I was home I was actually home at the end of his year six and um, we are fortunate enough just to live up the road from our school and um, Liam would would contact us or the teachers would contact us and and uh, you know he was really really struggling so you know almost every single day there for the last um, you know couple of months of school um, I would have to go down and get him and just make and he apologized and he was so so upset and again just to hold him and say it's okay Um, yeah this is not your fault, it's not the school's fault, it's just stuff we're going through and making him feel um, as though, again, he has unconditional love and that this isn't a reflection on him and he he can't help it. it was just amazing. But, you know, again, things happen for a reason. I mean, I wasn't happy about being made redundant, but yep. I tell you what, I was so, so glad for those that last, last for weeks that Yeah, that I was there. And I would say another light bulb moment during that time was that we were learning way more about his sensory system um, and his responses to things that we couldn't see as being an issue, but, of course... If you've got some empathy and and accept it, you can see it that it's there. Um, do you remember when we would he would be having huge meltdowns because he was so distressed? He was in a huge classroom mm. that was like a thoroughfare and and was becoming very upset and distressed during his classroom um, during the day. Um, and we so we were dealing with a really really traumatized and upset and distressed child which i hear people talking about out there in the world all the time about their kids having meltdowns and being disciplined for them in school well we learned didn't we during that time that we just were to sit with him and let Mm. let him ride the rip it was like a rip in the ocean and he just had to have this horrible meltdown and then come out the other end and yeah and and that was like a whole part of our journey don't you feel like really 
Well, that was credit to you as well, because I, um, you know, again, you're sort of jumping in, trying to fix things and trying to tell him how, you know, it's okay and he could have been doing it when really... Too much talking, we talk too much. Yeah, you just said just sit and let him listen, let him write it out. Um, As you put it, it it is like a a rip. You know, you've got to see it through and come out the other side. And that, again, was one of those light bulb moments for us as parents. You know, I I think back to when uh, I also, you know, went down to get... Liam from school and I remember the headmaster was standing there and and she said to me later and she said to both of us you know I saw you come down and not get angry at him for causing embarrassment to the family or whatever and we just to give him a hug and uh and saw me do it too and I could see the look on her face and she said yeah so I think light bulb moments for everybody you know on how how things can be different and, and, you know, not to make them feel like they're guilty or that they're less lesser little people, um, yeah, you yeah. know, and just protecting their, their esteem. It's so important. Yep, that's right. Absolutely right. We've learned so much from all of that. I hope that those stories have helped people to think about their own experiences and given them some ideas as well. Um, I want to ask you, I mean, and then I guess I'll just very briefly say he then went on to an amazing high school, which probably isn't all that amazing, but there was a very amazing um, diverse learning teacher there who absolutely gets it. And so because he he had adjustments put in place that basically he very rarely ever has to use that are very subtle, which I can talk about more at another time perhaps but um, have allowed him to feel safe and feel that his sensory needs are being met those things seem like nothing but they're just little tweaks that can absolutely change the life of a child at school and we now have a high achieving academic calm happy social beautiful boy with a diagnosis of ADHD, sensory processing, autism, all these things, all these letters and labels and things. And yet no one would know because his needs are being met. The environment has been changed to suit him and no one even knows. You don't have to, you can do it in an inclusive setting. It's so powerful. Sorry, I've gone off on a bit of a rant there. (laughs) I feel very passionate, can you tell? She's very passionate about this. (laughs) and look, I um, again, it's just one of those things, uh, and I, I've got to give a lot of credit to Lou here. And this isn't a, just a mutual admiration society. Um, she uh, she has just fought so so hard for our little guy, and you know, quite honestly, she's driven a, an outcome, you know, at school, um, and you know, with various people for for Liam that. You know, only one day he'll appreciate. I mean, she's she's amazing. Um, we all know that. And, oh, uh, you don't talk about me like that all the time. I, I do. <laughs> or I to do. me. I do. To me at home. <laughs> I never thought I'd say this to the compare of a podcast, but yeah, <laughs> amazing. But no, look, I... No I, one's probably going to listen to it anyway, let's I, face it. But yeah, look, it's... Um, yeah, the little guy, he's just gone from strength to strength. And, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything uh, other than wish we had a got to our light bulb moments a bit quicker. But, you know, I think... Um, I spend a lot of time, um, you know, beating myself up, I guess, for not getting onto this sooner and, and understanding. And but you know what, we've just got to accept ourselves and be nice to each other and um, to ourselves, and just go look. No one knows how to 
do I mean this parenting thing's so hard anyway let alone when you've got you know some challenges like we've had and, and you just learn and make make mistakes and um you know you have successes and you learn yeah. from it and I think you know that I guess that's one of the reasons why um Lou you're doing this is just to share experiences because sometimes yep. it feels really lonely and you think you know why is it only my kid out there that's having this and why are we the only ones that are doing it there are so so many people out there that are, are struggling as as we have and we are yeah um and yeah, just sharing experiences is, is amazing. And yeah, and the other thing I want to say about that is all, even though we feel that um, we didn't have, I guess you'd call it support or we just didn't have ideas or know what to do and we felt very lost and alone for a long time with it, I can tell you, you probably don't realise, but I've got lots of friends now with little kids, people who I've met through the advocacy group and all of that kind of thing, um, who I'm hoping that, and, and also that's why we're doing this podcast, so that young families who are got the kindy kids that are starting to get suspended um, or excluded in some way will listen to this kind of thing and the future episodes and get that those strategies to help them not have to go through and take so long to have the light bulb moments. Okay, I want to ask you, what do you want to say to other fathers out there, Ash? There's a lot of single parents out there, but what there are also some fathers who um, care and want to and want to hear your perspective today. Yeah, yeah I think. Um... Well, I reckon, you know, just about every dad cares um, so much for their little one. And as I said, I would never, I wouldn't change a thing, you know, just to see his amazing growth, um, to see our growth um, as as parents as well. I mean, it's, there's so many blessings, I guess, that have come out of this in in many respects, you know. So, but look, I, um, I think taking the weight of expectation off, kids and I think you know maybe dads do this a little bit more than than mums in some respects and you know if you're a sport nut like me who's just loves sport and you know um, wants kids to play rugby or AFL or cricket or soccer or whatever um, you know it it's you can't actually put our little square pegs into the the round holes Um, you know and I've got sporty kids and I've I've got little Liam who's actually really good at sport but he he doesn't have the confidence or even the desire to do it. Yeah. And just to be comfortable with that, you know, it's actually okay. Yeah. Um you just got to I you know my best advice is just let them be the person that they are and it do, actually doesn't matter that they're not sporty or that mm. they're not achieving in some particular area. And I think um yeah, if you know the other bit of advice is just, you know, hug your kids. Show yeah. them that you love them and it's unconditional and they're going to be naughty and they're going to be crazy and they're going to be, you know, impulsive and they're going to be, yeah. you know, driving us all nuts. But just, you know what, don't get cranky at them. Just just honestly, you know, di- yeah, we have to discipline them. Of course we have to. But just appreciate them for who they are and just love them. And I promise you, if your experience is anything like ours, it, the rewards are just amazing. And you yeah. see the growth in your little kid. Yep. It's incredible. And your relationship is just so improved. Oh. Oh, that's really good. Thank you, darling. Oh. Um, okay, now I've lost my train of thought because that's really nice. Um, okay. <laughs> um, what advice? 
Well, I've just you've just given advice. <laughs> oh God, you've really thrown me. <laughs> um, I, don't, I guess the other thing is, um, well, well, Lou's finding her way. Um, it's just work together. Um, you know, Lou and I see things quite differently at times. Um, I'm a Libran, you know, and not that I really believe in no, this stuff. I don't believe in any of that, so. No, but, but you know, the classic sign of a Libran is you can see both sides of the story and I've got this frustrating habit, I guess, of just being literally able to see um, both sides of the, the situation. So for me it, um, it does, um, you know, it drives Lou crazy. But I think working together and, and just being able to talk rationally and pragmatically together and decide a plan you know if you're with your partner or you know your friends or whatever just um just you're not in it alone I guess and just just hang in there because it's worth it we did it it is well we haven't finished yet he's only 13 no No, but I guess just seeing the change we definitely have seen a massive change and he's Mm. he's definitely doing like compared to even a few years ago it's just chalk and cheese he's he is doing so well and so we did put those things into practice and it did work so yeah I guess be prepared because it it could easily go south again yes and um, you know the triggers will trigger him and he'll not be able to cope and then we'll be back but I think it's it's trying to realize that it doesn't mean that it's over it just means that it's a continuing ride and um, you're gaining experience the whole time I think the other thing is and and that's another reason why I've got some of the get my next guest I might as well say it now um, uh, is Dr Siobhan Lamb she is I'm calling her episode the perfect storm because she literally to me is the perfect storm of neurodivergence and I'll I'll leave it at that for now but what I'm learning from having connections with neurodivergent adults autistic adults um, adults with ADHD people who experience this difference themselves and have had it their whole life their parenting experience is actually quite different than for people like you and I but you and I I guess just by the fact that we identify as neurotypical are in the majority and you know I think I often think I I think what I'm hearing is that the neurotypical parents like you and I take way longer to realize all of these things whereas people who have lived experience they seem to know straight away what's happening and how and how to deal with things and how their kids are feeling for us we just spend a lot of the time going what is wrong what why would he do that? You know, what we just we didn't relate, did we? No. Yeah, that's and, a big thing, I think, don't and you? And why it just keeps happening every single day. Yes, that's right. Okay, well, look, I think we should wrap it up now, Ash. Okay, well, <laughs> thank you again for having me. And look, um, I, hope, uh, I hope people continue to listen to your podcast. I guess if one person listens to it and it helps them, job done. And yeah, again, Lou, all power to you and, and good luck as we... You go on this um, journey yourself and with new um, new um, guests and, you know, let's hope that uh, people can can um, get some benefit from, from what you're doing. And, again, I'm really Thank proud you. of you. But thanks Thank for having you. me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I guess this is where I'm supposed to say something along the lines of please do tell everybody and listen and subscribe. <laughs> I, I haven't really got to that point yet, but um, hopefully by the time this episode is 
launched, um, you will be able to hit a subscribe button and write reviews and do things like that. Um, the more sharing you can do, the more it gets out there and then more guests are likely to come on good quality guests <laughs> in the future, um, which I, I know I've got a, a lineup of some awesome people coming. So I, hopefully there'll be like a snowball effect from there. Anyway, signing off for now. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Square Peg Round Hole. Bye. Acknowledgements. Logo by Carla Cushell of Carla Cushell Creative. Music by Jazzy C. Memes and images on Facebook group, also by Jazzy C. Big thanks to all my friends and family for supporting me and believing in my abilities. Special thanks to the unwavering support from Mr. Optimism himself, my partner in everything, Ash. And Kate from Two Peas in a Podcast. Thank you for letting me pick your brains. And for all your encouragement in general, you've been awesome. Thank you. Please join my Facebook group, Square Peg Round Hole. That's W-H-O-L-E. Please follow, subscribe, give five stars and review. Links to resources will be in the show notes. And remember, just be nice to one another.